0: What's up, everyone? This is the Go Along Podcast live. live. Live, live, live from Fatty Beer Company in Hamburg, New York. We usually travel all over the place through Western New York. We've been to Kenmore, Orchard Park, North Tonawanda. It's good to be at the home base. And Jim, it's been a while, man. It's been way too long. I needed some Jim Onus in my life, so here we are. Throwing back some drinks. I've got a little... Uh, double dry hopped imperial india, india pale ale you the, always the find other it. half the other half what queen
1: chroma i do I give your secret on how you pick your beers at fatty beer oh yes. <laughs> yes yes, yes so <laughs> if you you're th- uh, going to pop into a fatty what you have to do is go to the coolers
0: now they have stuff on draft which is always really good too but you go to the coolers and It's differentiated from, you know, seasonals to wheats to IPAs, stouts. So, you know, go to whatever cooler you prefer. I don't discriminate depending on the season. Wanted an IPA tonight because we're getting after it. And you look to see which row, they're by row, right? Which row just has the most, the the least amount of cans. Because that obviously means it's a good beer. People are picking it up. And Nick and Chris are always rotating these beers, so yes, the Queen, Chroma, other half brewing in Bloomfield, New York, was pretty
1: low, so I said I better get on that, it does not disappoint. I feel like that's like looking at a draft board and when you see a position starting to get thin, like, (laughs) then the rush becomes right to that position, like, see how my mind goes right to draft board football, we're in that mode. Maybe it is maybe it's incorrect then. Maybe I'm getting into a little
0: group think. I should think for myself, right? Yes. Cut against the grain, do a little research, like, do a little bit more homework than just looking at what's Find going
1: to find the fifth rounder. Find the find the Matt Milano.
0: Well the thing is, Jim, though, when you're selecting <laughs> beers, a lot like when you're coaching a football team, you don't want to break the code. There's a code. Clearly there's a code. And if you break that code you've crossed a line a lot of Take it from Nathaniel Hackett, a coach that you know well, mm. from your Buffalo Bills days together. Let's just get right into it, because we're, well, we're going to get into a lot this episode. It's been a long time. Obviously, we'll talk about those pesky Jacksonville Jaguars, baby. They're Super Bowl contenders. They have extracted the disease that is Urban Meyer from the building. We've referred to him mostly as a disease on this podcast, and I think people know why, with what Dewey Wingard detailed uh, from my trip to Jacksonville. And obviously, Press Taylor, Chad Hall, Christian Kirk on Life Now with Doug Peterson. It's a whole new world. Um, But yes, we'll get into that. We'll get into uh, little Anthony Richardson. Seeing some good clips out there, which I know you're all about. We'll get into uh, maybe a dash of running backs And of course Sean Payton Who is 100% correct For just speaking the truth For just verbalizing what we all saw With our own functioning eyeballs And Nathaniel Hackett And the New York Jets Which uh, in my opinion As I wrote at golongtd.com For our subscribers The Jets look like a very soft Weak Operation You know, I I just think there are so many directions that Nathaniel Hackett can take this, and I like Hackett. I've I've talked to him several times. Uh, When he was the Jacksonville Jaguars, OC, you can see why players love him. He's got energy. He bounces off the walls, and that's when Blake Bortles Mm -hmm. was his quarterback. So if you've got energy to that degree and your quarterback is Blake Bortles, I mean, that says a lot about you, and... Gets to Green Bay. Very advantageous situation for an OC to work with Aaron Rodgers, and they hit it up. Rodgers referred to him as arguably his favorite coach ever, and I really thought that that was telling. You know, when Aaron Rodgers is yucking it up uh, with Peter Schrager at NFL Network, they're talking about movies and Christopher Nolan and plays, the Back to the Future play, and then. It cuts on a dime into what Sean Payton said to Jarrett Bell of USA Today, which was a great story. Everybody should read it. Rare honesty. We'll get into the how rare that is and the Sean Payton element of this all. Um, and and Rodgers was obviously, like, beyond pissed. His mood completely shifted. He channeled his inner Will Smith with keep your keep my coach's name out of your mouth. So there's a deep love As one Packer said A gooey gaga kind of love That he noticed in meetings between Hackett and Rodgers They are tight Extremely tight And he was hurt Which is expected right Rodgers is predictably dramatic With most things in life He's a dramatic fellow Who's extremely sensitive So I wasn't surprised by that You expect the softness in that department Um, Robert Sala. I mean, it's like everybody kind of had the canned response, right? Like Robert Sala had the "if you ain't popping, you ain't got haters." Like it was like boom line. Aaron Rodgers, keep keep my coach's name out of your mouth. (laughs) Boom. And And Nathaniel Hackett, he just jumped right into it before he he even got the question. It was, "Hey, we all live in this glass house, right? It's really, really hard. It's been an unfortunate week, frustrating week." Um, And that he said that Sean Payton violated a code. And he was even asked, did he violate? He said there is a code. He was asked, did he violate that code? And he said, yes. Yes, he did. Um, I've got an infinite number of thoughts on this, Jim. But,
1: you know, I wrote about it already. I've rambled enough. Let's hear your take on this all first. So talking about all that makes me think of the phrase we always say, telephone tough guy. Like it's it, is, it got a little ridiculous with the Keep It Out Your Mouth, My Name Out Your Mouth, um, the pop in, I mean, it was rehearsed. It was very, very WWE staged. Week 5 came out. I mean, we are ready for it all. Who cares? Pointless at all. Sean Payton was correct. I have no clue why he said it. He was correct. I worked with both. I don't know either one. I don't ever want to say I know either one well enough as far as I didn't play for them and I I was not in their meetings as far as X and O coaching, okay? I sat in meetings, but that wasn't my job. So I comment on just obviously Sean Payton I worked with for nine, eight, nine years, won a Super Bowl with and saw it at the highest level. I I was fortunate enough to work for Andy Reid as well, okay? So I'm okay to talk about coaches. I feel qualified enough to say I've been around some good ones. That's the only reason I even like talking about this because I never want to say, like, I don't. I know they have their code. I, so, that's ridiculous. So you're saying you're not in the glass house? Yeah.
0: You're in more of a brick house? I just want to at least say... Not, it's not made of glass?
1: Yes. I just want to at least say that That's I don't want to just say I'm coming out and trying to say something right. I mean... Oh, my God. The, it's, code, the code. The code. Take my wallet, but not that's the code. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's violent, just so ridiculous. Like... But, man, Hackett loves coaching football. His energy. Yes, is, yes. His energy comes. Everybody talks about it. He will coach any player you give him, which on our side, when I was on personnel, it was very nice when we were in a tough spot with our quarterback room in Buffalo. We were. It was hard. EJ was young, rookie, injury. You know, we all know the deal. It wasn't It was bad. Let's say what it is. The Kevin
0: Cobb concussion. It was not a
1: good situation for any coach. And when I tell you, if you talk to Hackett any day of the week, I thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to win. And that's his job. He's a teacher, he's a coach. He loves it. Okay? I don't know what happened in Denver. Let me just jump in real quick
0: on the Hackett Buffalo days. Yes. Kevin Cobb, we had the two part series earlier this offseason. He went out of his way to just say how much he loved Nathaniel Huffington. Yeah, it was... And, and Hackett really went out of his way to support him through a really difficult time. The fourth concussion, the one against the Washington Redskins, right? 2013, looking at the crowd, the fans are blurry. He knows right then, my career is over. And Hackett's the first person to know his career is over. They, they had that moment together. Um, so, I... Look... None of this is personal. That's, exactly, None of it's that's personal. What, that's, I, I really like him as a person. Right. And, and, and the, inter, the,
1: the, you know, short interactions that we've had, he, like everybody has had with him. I, the hard part, going back to this, when I said about the whole WWE kind of thing with this, even the way he looks right now is like when Hulk Hogan went with the black hair, when he went from like, he switched characters. Hulk Hogan was becoming more of a bad guy. So he would have like dark hair. And I'm like... Hackett has, like, a, a different goatee now, like, out of Breaking Bad. Like, a yeah. got a character out of Breaking Bad or something, but... Our go- your goatees... Um, oh, we're all over the place. I'm sorry, but... I know. What, what's your take on goatees? Oh, I'm so, good with them. Like, I like, if you give an effort on them, like, if you're into it and trying to... But at
0: what age is uh, the goatee in uh, vogue? That's you a know. tough
1: one for me to so. say. I had a goatee in... I probably held on to Ju- mine too long. Junior year
0: of high school, I had a mm-hmm. goatee, and then senior year I had the chin strap. I mean, yeah. It was cool then. Yeah. I'm not sure it's cool. I'm... At what point does it become cool again? It's cool then because not, be- not many people can grow facial hair, and then it, w- it becomes uncool. You know, if I were to rock the goatee, I'd I would look like a, a older yeah. than I even do. I think Hackett maybe is at that point where you can go goatee though.
1: I'm okay with I, it. It's o I'm. A, I'm... I was just saying, like, as far as the 40, whole... Yeah, what is
0: it, it just, 40s in the 40s?
1: It was more about the whole character. It just, he's, it's coming across as a different character to me, like, just with the whole... Everything is just becoming staged. Um, but that being said, like, he's what you want as a coach. Like, I don't know enough about what happened in Denver. I'm not there. I know what I watched on tape, what I study, and what I follow as a gambler. And, yeah, like I said before... I, we all know what it's supposed to look like. Sean Payton does too, and that was Sean Payton's point. And I thought that was it, and you said it well. I don't know why. I will say this. I still don't know why Sean Payton, I don't think he had anything to gain by saying that. I don't. I, okay, I know you love it. I just, that would be the one thing I'm surprised Keep by. Going. He didn't say it to defend Russell Wilson, I can promise you that. He did not want this type of distraction. Sean Payton doesn't want this distraction.
0: Anymore. So you're saying there there isn't like three dimensional chess
1: out I think he just. Sean I think he was saying something honest, and it it comes across sometimes different when you read it here. You know what? You, I don't. I, I'm not going to defend it because I didn't hear how he said it. So. I
0: think that's why I love it though, and but we're coming from different worlds,
1: right? You're coming from
0: the right. football world right. where like. Yeah, right. You're thinking, all right. What is said? How does that affect other parties and your own reputation? I'm thinking of it as, look, this time of year is ripe for platitudes and bullshit, and I don't want platitudes and bullshit. Whether it's press conference talk, you know, training camp tours that all of these national reporters are on, everybody kind of setting <laughs> the agenda every, every day, right?
1: These. Where's the best beer right. in every training camp? Where's the <laughs> Right exactly. <laughs> but these
0: teams like a lot of teams are kind of setting the agenda for yeah. the day of like okay, this is right. the messaging that we want. And look, there's you're going to get some good stuff out there. I, we're always trying to get that good stuff and go long, right? Like we we want to deliver honest, authentic coverage of pro football. But let's face it. Right, you flip on ESPN, you flip on NFL Network, it's, it's platitude city out of these coaches and players and cliches and jargon. And it just it wears you out. And a lot of a hell of a lot fills the airspace, and not a hell of a lot is said. And here's Sean Payton, right? This is the beauty of it. He was in the media last year, he was at Fox hanging out with Colin Cowherd. So he joined the dark side, right? You joined the dark side. You kind of you had this independent view of the league. And then a veteran reporter like Jarrett Bell, who was my coworker actually for about nine days. I was at USA Today very briefly along my travels. Yeah, that's a, there's a story there. Um, great dude. Like Jarrett a lot. A lot of egos in the business. He ain't one of them. Good, 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 good dude. He sits down with Sean Payton. And he does what every good reporter does. He has a conversation, not an interview. He's treating Sean Payton as a human, not a source. And Sean Payton let his guard down. Here's what's interesting, Jim. I was driving around listening to uh, Adam Shine, who's one of the best of the best, love Shine, Mad Dog Radio on Sirius XM. Jarrett was doing an interview with Adam. And uh, Adam was asking about the reporting process And like the conditions of the interview On the record, off the record Jared said like This all clearly was on the record He said that Sean told him things That were clearly off the record And that he will never obviously say those things Like so what else Was said in this interview This conversation right Like that's what's so wild about this Uh, But anyways Look it's I get it does he come across as a jerk? Maybe. But look, here, let's take a look at that Denver Broncos offense for a second, Jim. Let's just stroll down memory lane if we shall. This is all in the story. We have it go long. But Denver averaged 16.9 points per game, last in the league, in a league where it's built for every game to be 30-something to 30-something. Dead last in third downs, 29.1% they converted. Russell Wilson made the Pro Bowl nine of the previous ten seasons. He he might have been the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, and maybe some subway commercials is you know those are kind of factoring in as well. Bye weeks are usually a time when you kind of self scout, right? Like you figure out here's what we do well, here's what we don't do well. Take a deep breath. Andy Reid's record out of the bye is insane, right? Like he's he never loses out of the bye. Denver scored three touchdowns in their four games out of the bye week. Who did they play? A Titans team that was collapsing, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Carolina Panthers, and the Baltimore Ravens that were going downhill. Three touchdowns in four games. And this is a <laughs> metric that blew my mind. So they scored 287 points last year. The Chiefs, 496. 30 touchdown difference. But let's just keep it to the Broncos and their history. Peyton Manning who's running the show in 2013. They scored 606 points. I'm a, I am was no math major in college. That's that's more than double what Denver had last year. So that is one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. You had talent. You did have Russell Wilson. Look, Russell's not absolved here, but he's still Russell Wilson. You had Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. I guess Javante Williams got hurt. Melvin Cortland. It wasn't a complete mess of a roster, and... They couldn't even get plays off. They had had four delay games in the first two weeks. The whole tight end reverse on third and two followed by we're going to kick the field goal, time's running out, let's go punt it. I'm sorry, Nathaniel Hackett, but this was was a terrible coaching job, and I, I think he would have come across a lot better. If he isn't talking about glass houses and codes, and just stand there and say, yeah, yeah. you know what? Yeah, look, Sean was right. I was shit. I, our offense was really bad, but we play him in week five. Let's go kick some ass.
1: You. When is that game? Week five. I mean, but is it a. Um, I know, I, I hate to say this, but. 425.
0: Is it, you, and I, I don't. Good.
1: Yeah. Because that's, that's who is so happy right now. Everybody. CBS, yeah. yeah. Great job. That's it. Great job. That's all this did was make the NFL even bigger than it can get for that week. We now are actually targeting a week five NFL pointless football game. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Because that game at the end of the day doesn't matter. And yeah. we're all going to watch it with because of WWE, hopefully.
0: I mean, think about what that, Nate could have done in that setting and he had the time to prepare could for have, that public statement. I like statement. what you said. Yeah, poke fun at Bounty Gate. Like say, oh, I hope
1: Sean doesn't I, you know try to injure my. You players. could have gone like, a lot of ways. Could have gone a lot of ways and, and and been done with it. Yeah, and been done with it. Oh my he god! Could. A
0: great lesson for my dad is he said, like it's in, in intense situations at a young age. It's like, Use humor. It, yeah. It's disarming.
1: It's, it is. It,
0: there's a value to humor. And there's a value to being honest. <laughs> like he,
1: yes, fine.
0: Yeah, I like that. I guess in his mind, he yes. was being honest. He like, he really believes that coaches shouldn't criticize other coaches, which maybe you agree with. Talk, I mean, am I being, am I being an asshole, Jim? No. Am I being too
1: harsh? It's the code part is where I go. That once again, I don't know if it has to go as dramatic as the code, but I do get why. There's ways around that. There's ways around it. Yes, it's true. Like, everybody watched it and saw it. But I just think there's ways around it. To say, you could talk about experience. You could talk about ways where, hey, I was a rookie head coach. Hey, Sean Payton was, he had his, Jim Fossil stripped him of play calling duties with the Giants when he was offensive coordinator. That's a tough, that's a tough ego pill to swallow as a coach. So, they go through their, they go through their highs and lows. And don't think for a second Coach Payton ever wants to talk to Jim Fossil. But I'm just saying, as young coaches, they go through stuff. And there was a lot of ways that this could have been handled different, where Sean Payton could have said that, hey, I was young, learned, you know, was fired, learned from it. Sean, you know, I remember um, McDermott. You know, we talked about his climb back from losing his job in Philly. And, you know, there's something to be said from learning from that and coming back. So, it's part of the business. Getting fired in the NFL is part of the business. Big deal. Don't You know what I'm saying? Big deal.
0: Nathaniel Hackett has been in the NFL since you were hired by Doug Whaley and Buffalo Bills in 2013. So that's a full decade. Yeah. He's been an OC. Yeah. He's been a quarterback coach briefly. OC, Jacksonville. OC with Aaron Rodgers. Not a bad gig to have. Look, he's been in the league a long time. There are assistant coaches across the league, 32 teams, at them dying for the chance at an interview of a promotion somewhere. Because guess what? A lot of these head coaches, they block those interviews. They, you, know, you might be one hell of an assistant coach doing one hell of a job, but uh, you know Mike McCarthy doesn't let you interview somewhere. He was known for that in Green Bay His assistants, they could you know, Alex Van Pelt, for example He wasn't really able to capitalize on Rodgers At Rodgers' peak An interview somewhere maybe, maybe it was after Rodgers' 2014 MVP season I believe because Mike blocked him And so The next year, Aaron gets hurt Right? Has the Has the injury, misses most of the season I might be mixing up my years Whatever it was Gets her and then the timing was just off for him to capitalize on that window of okay, now I can promote and mm-hmm. go somewhere. My point being, like, Hackett should be freaking lucky that he is the <laughs> offensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Coaching fraternity, look, coaching frat. That's why you can't break the code. Look, you just you were the head coach, Tyler. you were the offensive head coach of as Sean Payton accurately put, one of the worst offenses. This was one of the worst coaching jobs. And now you're just an O. C. Colin Plays, well, Aaron's can be commonplace Plays, of the New York Jets. Like, I'm sorry, boo-freaking-who. Too bad. Somebody said mean words about you. What about the infinite number of assistant coaches busting their ass who maybe should get that opportunity that you got? Oh, I'm sorry. Like, I, I like him as a guy. I do. But to paint yourself as the victim... Maybe we're seeing why Hackett and Rodgers hit it off. Rodgers paints himself as a victim at every turn. You know, poor poor Aaron. A lot of victimhood. So my takeaway, the Jets aren't ready for the AFC. It's a cutthroat conference. It's a big boy business. This isn't a big boy team.
1: It's a soft football team. (laughs) That's my take out of this week. I love it.
0: Is that the the Queen Chroma talking a little bit? No. No. No, it's it's not not at all.
1: No, the reason I'm (laughs) fired up is because it it always is – Rodgers is always going to be involved. Now if the Jets are soft, for me my take is I just want to get to Week One. Like this is that t- this time of year it's becoming heightened. They might even win Week One. They might beat the Buffalo it's, Bills. No, it's not even that. I just want games to be played. I I'm over the. I mean this thing is ridiculous. It was Coach Payton didn't need to say it. He said it. The code thing. I'm not into it. Coaches all hire each other. Greg Roman goes from. You know, offense coordinator, offense coordinator. You know what I'm saying? The guys, yeah. just, the coaches take care of each other. They do have a frats, I feel like. But that's the thing, though. That's it doesn't make it right. I agree. It doesn't make it right. I'm with you on this. I'm, I'm right. not. I, I'm with you. It's, it's so much of the business is, is, but they, is who they you know to, and not merit. They just seem to always get hired. They always seem to land on their feet. So,
0: isn't that such an underreported element of this story and the NFL in general, though, Jim? Like where, oh, I think so, it's been so much of the NFL is who you know, uh, whose back was scratched, who owes what favor, who likes who. Agent, agent driven. Hey, the Denver Broncos—they hired
1: Nathaniel Hackett.
0: I really believe this,
1: with the intention of training for Aaron Rodgers. Almost then, like what happened with the Jets. Basically, <gasps> here's that's you what I'm saying. It happened bring, with the Jets. And bring your, and bring who you want. We'll sign who you doing. want. Mm. So interesting. So All right, I'm, and yeah, I'm, I'm
0: sorry like and then, then yeah. the last like these coaches if I, I'm trying to like find my own biases in, a, in an argument like this and I do have one. I'm very pro player and players get cut and traded and their lives uprooted constantly so mean words are said from one coach to another too bad I, I just don't I, I'm sorry I don't I don't have much empathy and sympathy and feel bad when you know, Mike Zimmer, for example, the Minnesota Vikings. When when his job was starting to get questioned by the media locally, you know, Terrence Newman was unbelievably honest in that story last year. I mean, Zimmer couldn't handle it; like he was flustered. And and I was thinking, like, Man, you're, you're flustered when you've got the ability to just cut a dude, and his whole family has to move. Um, to me, it's like we just, as a society, we're we're obsessed with words, we're obsessed with feelings. And not to say that that stuff doesn't matter, but I think substance matters a little bit more. I think the fact that Denver's offense was an abomination matters a little bit more than Sean Payton identifying that offense as an abomination. Okay. We could, we could go for another half hour on this
1: if you want. If no, I I'm, come on. Let's go for what we've learned. from. Let's go from <laughs> – we're good. I said it. I'm good on it. You, you, I'm not against it. I love – like you said, it was good entertainment value. And, and accurate.
0: I'll say this too. I think a lot of people, it's not going to be on an ESPN NFL network, you know, report, like a lot of general people, I think, kind of heard what Sean Payton said and said, wow, that was probably need to do it, but he's right. He's right. Tough shit.
1: That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But let's go into what we've learned from Twitter clips or Whatever we've seen in NFL preseason, I now know I've been wrong on Anthony Richardson because he has the throw that Zach Wilson had at BYU that made Zach Wilson <laughs> the greatest quarterback ever. Richardson now has his throw that he's has got it. So I was wrong on Richardson. I'm glad he came around. He's he's going to be great. That's that's official. That well, where we're sitting right now, I drafted him for my that you uh, my have one squad on, on your. Can't wait. I can't wait to see where that goes. Um, what else have we learned? Um, the running back stuff we talked about, I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. Um, wait, there was something else we learned. Um, another quarterback. Who played last night for the Browns? Jordan Love. No, the Browns were. Jo- oh! We're hearing good things, right? Jordan Love's gonna be. A lot of wild throws. I think some inconsistencies, and okay. well, I'll you know. tell you what I'm worried about because I we talk about this team a lot with the Atlanta Falcons, and if Twitter clips are for real, I've seen some throws that have me worried. It's X now. Twitter or just X? What is this
0: I mean, Elon is smarter than both of us combined times hundred. Why would you buy a brand and then try to I, rebrand God, it? I don't know. When that like brand got, is really popular. And you got
1: me good on that, too. That was bad. X-Clips. Because I do, I like the X-Clips, to be honest with you. I love, because like, I don't want to do anything else but just see not more than five seconds of a a Ritter air, airmail throw to Pitts. Come on, know we, we, we want people reading 7,000-word stories, not getting, and, the, not getting the chicken nuggets on Twitter. X. And the last X-Clip um, highlight team right now is, is definitely DJ Moore. the Bears they're showing some pretty exciting so right now that's what I'm learning through training camp and I honestly feel like you can get more from that than probably the preseason games but we'll have fun with those too because legends are made in preseason Xavier Oman or some
0: other preseason legends Gibran Hamden had some moments yeah, I, I don't really have any takeaways. You know, last season I did a, uh, a training camp tour in the Northeast. Buffalo, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, uh, Pittsburgh. I, this this year I kind of wanted to do a lot of travel in the spring. That's, I went to Jacksonville. We'll talk about Urban Meyer and the Jags here in a minute. Tampa, Detroit. Uh, I will be going to Minneapolis. They have some... Uh, the Vikings have some joint practice with the Titans. I'll be going down to the Dolphins' country later this month. But, anyways, it's hard to say what's going to be gleaned. It's it, because there's so many moments that you do you do want to take something. I don't want to minimize a clip because sometimes it does mean something, but sometimes it completely gets. Dumped into (laughs) the X atmosphere, and it gets mm. shared, retweeted, (laughs) replied to, (laughs) like to the upteenth degree. This wasn't even training camp. I think it was OTAs last season. Remember Tua Tonga Viola Mm -hmm. under Under through Tyreek? The Dolphins tweeted it out, and everybody was mocking Tua for months. That's what kind of made it worse. It was OTAs. It wasn't camp, so it kind of baked in the. Malignant Twitter atmosphere for months, and everybody's like, "Oh, same old Tua." I'm sure the Dolphins didn't mind because I let him think that, right. and then he right light, lights the NFL on fire for two and a half months. So I don't know what to take from these clips and what to take from these reports. I don't even know where, where I want to go with anything training camp right now. To me, you know, these subscribers, those who subscribe to go along, I, I always want to put your investment to good use. To me, putting it to good use is traveling for long-form stories, sitting down with people in this game. It's not traveling the country to try to lie to you about, oh, I saw this one practice out of 30 practices in training camp, and I'm going to draw this sweeping conclusion. No, I'm not going to – that's inauthentic. Like, that's lying. I'm not going to try to say, oh, I was at this one practice, and Matt Ryan with the Colts last – he looked great. It's not right, so – I, I, don't, I have nothing. I, I, I got nothing for you training camp-wise right
1: now. Sum it up. I do not gamble on NFL preseason. And that is not trying to say anything other than gambling on NFL preseason should be, that's something you do for fun. Like, I gamble to that try to win. That means you meet. have a problem. Like, I, when, yeah, I, to... I, when I gamble, I actually try to win. Like, I have, you know, I want to win. If you're gambling on NFL preseason, you're having fun, go ahead and do You. <laughs> that is that is the most ridiculous thing you could be. Is, is it fun? I don't know. People, I guess if you watch it, you know what I'm saying like, okay, I'm I mean, at the you, game. Are you
0: researching
1: the third no? You're just going town? to you're going to a game with your you know you guys yeah. are going to a game. And, hey, I'm going to the game and I'm gonna throw fifty bucks on it. Oh, man, all this, that's I mean, all. We had the gambling it just podcast makes you a few makes you cheer now. a little bit louder for a game you would. That's
0: have. that's the addiction though, isn't it? That's what I'm saying. That's, that's all the it addiction. Is. Yeah, because why why else would you? You, you earn money. Like you people have jobs. You earn you earn that money. And you're just going to throw some of it away on this bullshit. Like There it is. On players nobody even knows. Man. There it is. That's why the NFL's, you know, humping DraftKings and Caesars and whoever the hell they're into right now.
1: Hall of Fame game ratings were powerful. Powerful, said, powerful. Good opportunity to yeah point out to
0: our listeners that you know we're the podcast now is completely ad free both at golongtd.com apple spotify stitcher everywhere you listen to your podcast because look i know like the website's always been ad free and i never want you to be diverted by bs but now the podcast is which is kind of nice because I, i feel like i would bitch about gambling and all this stuff, and then Blue Wire, who was our previous host, would like throw a gambling advertisement in front of it. So <laughs> not, now our listeners don't have those contradicting thoughts. So that's it's good. That's good.
1: But no, that's about it for this time of year. It's still good to be back, yeah. though. Talking, you know, it is. It is like to know it's almost here is good. All right, I want to get your take. We, you know, you lived in the southeast
0: as a scout. You've been and. Florida Gators country around Urban Meyer, and we're every once in a while we have something that go along that kind of enters the uh, the ether, gets shared. The takeout story on the Jacksonville Jaguars—I you know, had no clue it would take on the life of a life of its own as it did. Uh, the anecdote from Andrew Winkard, safety. If you missed it, uh, Andrew Dewey. Sorry, Dewey. Dewey said that yes, they had to come to Jesus meeting as a defense after a 31-7 drubbing to the Seattle Seahawks. And in this meeting, he just said, "Look, we've got a rookie head coach. We've got a rookie quarterback. Us as a defense, we've got to carry our weight. We got to pick it up." Word got out to Urban. And <laughs> Maybe the most hilarious part of this story, Jim, is that Urban didn't call Dewey himself. Chris Ash, mm-hmm. the position coach, mm-hmm. called Dewey. But it was Urban's voice on the phone. A chicken shit move if there ever was one. Mm. And was pissed. And threatened to cut him for calling him a rookie head coach exactly what he was. The NFL is a different universe than college football. Basically, it's, so, Dewey Wingard had to go into the facility and kiss Urban Myers' ass to save his job, to save his livelihood, to not get cut. It is, And I followed up in our conversation. I said, Dewey, look, would he really have cut you if you didn't do this? And he said, Yeah, it was real. He was going to cut me. Look, we're going to try to root out this kind of behavior in pro football as much as we can. Whether it's Mike Zimmer, Matt Patricia, Urban Meyer, my God, it's like Bill Belichick. It's like he broke everybody's brains. You have, you have to coach and think and treat people a certain way to win. You don't. You don't. You really don't. Um, but so yeah, that kind of took off. Uh, and the, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars with Doug Peterson. I mean, Doug just nails it. And I think like when they're three and seven. There was zero panic out of the Jaguars last mm-hmm. last season with Doug Peterson. He said he looked into his crystal ball, told the entire team this, and they're going to win, keep winning. The AFC South will come down to the last game of the regular season, and they're going to get into the playoffs. Meanwhile, Urban Meyer, the year before, they lose the first game of the season to the Houston Texans, which Dewey said Urban treated the Houston Texans like they were Bethune Cookman. like. We're just going to kick their... So they lose that game to Teron Taylor. And Urban basically freaked out. And that we have to reset everything. Everything that we did the last, whatever it was, five, six months. Thrown out the window. That's the difference between college football and the NFL. College football is kind of life and death every week. Between the booster pressure, national title hopes. Football is a marathon, but... Your thoughts on Urban Meyer. I mean, you... You've been around that world that he lived in in Florida. Uh, look, everybody's hopefully read the story and has all this background on him. But, uh, I mean, he, he could go down as one of the worst NFL coaches ever for how badly that went. That's not hyperbole. I mean, he is That's like, he, he's, he's fondling the backside of a girl at a bar younger than his daughter – Instead of joining the rest of the team, back to Jacksonville after the loss to Cincinnati that dropped you to 0-4. And nobody on the plane even had a clue he wasn't on the plane. The guy's a hypocrite. He's a
1: disgrace.
0: And I'm shocked that he's on the Fox
1: broadcast team. So let's go with the shock on the Fox broadcast. No, I can't even say I'm shocked because that might be a stretch. No, you're not shocked. He's
0: got the he's got the college pedigree. He's a winner. There,
1: people still respect him. So here's what I was gonna say, and you summed it up. That guy had to. He felt like he had to kiss Urban's ass. Right. That's how you said it. That's what some of those big time college coaches. That's what they're used to. They have their ass kissed because they are the, they're everything. They don't care about that in the NFL. You don't get your ass kissed in the NFL. You do as a college coach. So, yeah, maybe that was a wake-up call. I don't know. It wasn't there. Your story to me is just, it doesn't matter if it's football. It doesn't matter what business that is. You're not going to succeed if people are miserable and you're treating people poorly. Correct? This has nothing to do with being a poor football coach. Now you're being a poor human running an organization. So that's not, that will not succeed. But in college, man, when you can load up recruits and, and just, you know, it, it's just funny. We, we talked about that. I always said that would be the best 30 for 30 way back. Now we, knew, we see new it coming. Yeah. So I'm happy about that. We've talked about the stories. I, endless. I feel like I can't wait. What that will do will jar my memory. That Netflix will bring back stuff for me. That'll be fun. We can talk about it on this. Because Spikes, and Brandon Spikes, we could still talk to as well. Yes. I've um, talked to him. Okay. He, I he, like him a lot. Yeah, he's one of my favorites. Open. Yeah, he's doing real well right now, too. Um, doing some financial things. So, um, but definitely have a contact that hopefully we could maybe talk to him about those days. Because he would tell me stories, and obviously we had Percy and... You know, and I scouted all those guys, and you know, I wrote about all those players. Like, as far as that was my job, so I'm gonna know this. It'll be fun to, to fact check this documentary. The pouncies, I mean, it's endless. I can't wait,
0: Jim. You just, I think you just nailed it. Dude. Okay, but like, let's these, go back. College to it. coaches are yeah. so
1: used to. Oh, I've seen it. Their ass getting it's, kissed it, by see, everyone. It's by everyone. I'm telling you, when I, Dabo Sweeney. It's ridiculous what, what goes on in Clemson as you, far as what they, how they are treated. And I was at Syracuse, Jim
0: Boeheim. Oh, he he, he, ran, he ran the university. Yeah. Because it's bigger than football. Like, if you are the football coach or, in the Syracuse case, the basketball coach at the prestigious basketball school. like You're, you're the, the, the franchise quarterback. You're the most influential person you're the in face, the whole right. college, the whole university. Because you're the, the face, whole, right. In Syracuse's case, you're up on a hill. You're looking down on everyone. A lot of co- Isn't that weird about a lot of colleges? They're, a lot of them are built on hills, like looking down upon the peasants. We are more important than you. Man. I always thought that was interesting. And it also is
1: creepy. It's, it is kind of weird. In right? the mountains, and yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But mountains always, that might be a me thing.
0: But I think Urban is, uh, you
1: know, he's always one call away
0: from a sob story on a yeah, national I, broadcast uh, or, or a paper or a site. whatever. Like, He's always going to have a job. There's a college out there that would hire him tomorrow. right? Like Somebody would make Tyler, him a football coach tomorrow.
1: Tyler, can we just talk about this? Who did Ohio State replace Trestle with when everything went down? It went Trestle to but, – but let's just think about why they got rid of Trestle. Just think about this. Tattoos. And guess what, who they needed to bring in to clean the program up so what are we talking about with this stuff with college coaches you know what I'm saying like it's a joke like it's bad that's my point that sums it up for me it's well you, you let those players get tattoos oh my god oh by the way what's, what's Chip Tressel do right now oh he's only the president of Youngstown University right. I was thinking right? of Luke Fickle that was in between there you're right there, yeah. was a, it, there wasn't but an between. Right? yeah Luke was Fickle it, it was with Fickle? six
0: and seven and then Urban took over Twelve and zero, twelve and two, fourteen and 1, 12 and one, eleven and but, two, but twelve uh, and two, three ten and one, and then he left. It's but he. We have to clean this program. <laughs> I like, I mean, not not to no, uh, I don't. make excuses for Urban Meyer. I'm not at all. Like the pressure to win at an Alabama, a Clemson, an Ohio State, a Georgia. Like the, if you were to pluck the seven or eight most Popular pressure to win is so intense, especially now with all the money getting thrown around. So yeah, you lose to the Houston Texans in Week One.
1: He's he's going to lose his GD mind. Like he's going to lose it. The more more than that, not just to win, was the development of the franchise quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Which let's all let's take the positive of Urban being found out that. At least now we can watch Trevor get developed. And we already saw oh one God. year. Imagine we saw one year. Oh. Wait, so what could happen this year to what you've already talked about, which will be where could this offense go now? So,
0: It's crazy to think if, if he would have stuck around. with that, done it, it took him about a half of the year to, to get that stench off.
1: That just led me to another X-Clip team. But Ridley's route running on X-Clips right now has been a, a, a oof. I and mean, anyway, that's a whole other yes. conversation, so, the,
0: the, the talent level that's, that
1: Jacksonville has. Ridley, Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram, Travis Etienne. and Tyler, I can just speak from the experiences I have. And like I said, football is just like any other business. In Philadelphia with Andy Reid, there was stability. There was not chaos. With New Orleans, Sean Payton came in. It was chaos. It was not. He, he figured out a way to make it not chaotic. Success, yeah. success. I went to Buffalo. Things were chaotic. Yeah, I'll just put it to you that way, and that's why I always speak about the four things being at the structure top has to be right. Jacksonville now is not chaotic. For the first time ever, they have the GM Balky. They have Peterson. They're 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 set up for success. I think this is a great opportunity to point out that like Doug Peterson,
0: Dan Campbell, particularly because we'll have a Lions story coming soon too both do an exceptional job of finding that middle ground of we're not going to be Rex Ryan country club do whatever the hell you want like laid back yet they're not going to be Urban Meyer literally kicking your own kicker grinding up on women at a bar treating your players like shit like, that, 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 that middle ground is this chat Hall Put it perfectly, I still don't know how Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills let him leave the building. Because Chad Hall may be the best wide receivers coach in the NFL. Players love him. You heard it from Isaiah McKenzie on our show. The bottom him a damn truck. Like, they love this guy. I talked to Chad for this Jaguar story. He said, look, you, you've got to have a foundation of just, like, love. Like, they got to know that you care about them as a person. So all offseason, these Jaguar receivers are doing the kind of stuff that he did in Buffalo. They're getting together every Wednesday, wives, girlfriends, kids, everybody invited. You know, hang out. Like, be a human being. Like, he, as he said, we, we put too much time into football for it to be a punch-in and punch-out job. Seven, eight months of your life, and you're going to treat it like it's work? No, it's got to be life. Like, you got to love these guys. And he really wants to have loving, caring relationships So when that's established, then guess what? You get out on the practice field, nobody's harder on players than Chad Hall. Like, he is going to get on you. He's going to critique you. He's going to tell you where you're effing up. He's going to be all on you because he wants to take your game to a different level. And look, it works. It worked in Buffalo, and now Jacksonville has maybe the best top three wide receivers in the NFL. I'd be hard-pressed to find a better three than that. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's how you, you have to coach in the modern day NFL. Because these are grown ass adults. They, they can't be treated like, like babies that need to be, not babies, like, like toddlers
1: that need to be scolded and sent the timeout. Um, they just want to win, and, and they just want you to max them out, max their ability out. They want you to get the best out of them so they can max out their career earnings. Because they are working hard, and they're putting their bodies on the line. So the position coach is as valuable as there can be for those players. That's the day-in and day-out guy. Not just the mental, the day-to-day drill work. I love it. I think Uh, Jacksonville's in a great spot. Doug Peterson gets
0: it. He empowers his players. There's so many ways you can do it. They actually
1: have – the structure is there. The it GM is. and head coach are synced up. The owner kind of spends the money, stays out of the way, and Trevor Lawrence. And, and, and what
0: about, like, the, so they're 3-7. and seven. They have that crystal ball discussion, and the players actually believe. That very next game, Jim, the Baltimore Ravens in Jacksonville, 27-26. Jacksonville drives the length of the field to, to tie it, right? So they score an extra point, sends it to overtime with 14 seconds left. And it took a little time for the the officials to review Marvin Jones's touchdown. He's no longer there, obviously. But that little bit of time allowed Press Taylor, the OC, I talked to Press about this, Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, and the receivers to, well, maybe we go for it. And, and not only did Doug Peterson decide to go for it and tell his players he believes in them, he told Trevor and the offense, like, okay, well, here, here are three plays that we like, you pick it. You pick what you want to do. I mean, that's what got me excited as a high school football player like not even varsity In varsity my coach was telling me every play I had to run and I couldn't change the plays very rarely JV like JV before that my coach once in a while be like hey pick your own play I got so excited I loved it and here's Doug Pearson doing it with the season on the line not just the game they lose that game they're three and eight and they're done they're toast and Trevor, Trevor Lawrence picks his play. And not only that, they bring Zay Jones over. All right, you're, you're catching the ball on this play. What do you think? Ah, you know, I kind of want to run around this way. I'll kind of motion right to left. And they go out there and they know they're going to convert it before they even snap the ball. Like, there are coaches who get this and know that you have to empower players and let players feel like they're themselves. And then there are coaches who have sticks up you-know-what and need to be in control... A stranglehold control of their players, and guess what happens when you get into the playoffs in January? The players crack. Like you've got to let guys be themselves. Andy Reid obviously gets it better than anybody. He's the greatest coach ever, as you adequately put out. <laughs> um, but that was my takeaway from this story too. It's like, no, Doug you yeah, yeah, gets you were,
1: it. You were on it. I, I, You're in. You were into Jacksonville. I love. I love hearing those stories. I just love hearing about coaches structuring things correctly to win a Super Bowl. Because the players are working hard to win that. And they deserve that. So, they're one of the teams we do. It's funny when we talk about teams. I always feel like we gravitate and start rooting for teams. You you always pull out things. You know, I like that. (laughs) All right. Anything else that we missed, Jim? No. No, we're good. This is a good time of year. Baseball and golf have been enough. It's time for football always time for football Exi- exhibition football
0: around the corner
1: oh don't make me do it
0: don't gamble don't oh, do it jim please don't, ever don't. we'll be back very shortly with another podcast and more zoom happy hours more q and a's and of course more 2023 season preview features thank you to everyone out there for subscribing i'm not going to lie a lot of these stories will be exclusive to our paid subscribers. So thank you to everybody for joining our community. Next up, a team similar to those Jaguars, the Detroit Lions. Spent some time around the Lions, trying to figure out what Dan Campbell's doing out there and and why, like, you know what's crazy about these Lions? Like, there's a lot of hype around the team, but it's not based in a trade, a transaction, The quarterback position it's very real like it's not it wasn't microwaved it's not like Dan Campbell Brad Holmes just microwaved the hype it's real hype and we're gonna explain to everyone why it's real so share go along with a friend we appreciate you no ads no corporate overlords and no Sports Illustrated ripping off our content oh my gosh we've we've gone about an hour don't make me go another hour but a once great institution for sports journalism, Sports Illustrated, decided to just, you know, throw up a graphic on Instagram from our Jaguars story. No attribution. And no nobody likes it when sports writers are complaining. I'm not complaining, but look, I'm putting your money to use at Golong. I, you are investing in Golong. I'm going to use that to buy a plane ticket, buy a hotel room, get to know those Jacksonville Jaguars and Zay, the Zay Jones profile and Carlton Davis in Tampa and the rent car from Jacksonville to Tampa, like, that's our subscriber money. Like, that's what you're investing in. And SI, you know, I read SI as a kid, Jim, every same, opportunity same. I could. We had to. Gary that Smith. It. That was it. Chris Ballard, everyone. They have kind of gone the way of the Ble- bleach Report, my former employer, and a lot of companies where it's all about social media engagement. And they literally had a picture of Urban Meyer and Dewey Wingard with our anecdote from the story and threw it up on Instagram with zero attribution. No mention of Golong at all. Just link in the bio, guys, which nobody's going to do that. Sounds so, like they broke the code. <laughs> hey, easy now. All right. There is a code. <laughs> there is a code. All right. I had to get that SI shot and why not? Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate you. We'll catch you next time.